Live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here are your hosts, Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. What is up, everybody? I'm Cristiano Simonetta, the play-by-play voice of the Lincoln Stars, alongside Stars head coach Rocky Russo. This is Outside the Box, a Lincoln Stars coaches show, episode one. Rocky, first off, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Cristiano. I'm excited to be here. That's a it's a pretty cool name we came up with. Obviously, we play in the ice box down in uh, Transformation Drive on uh, the campus of the University of Nebraska, and so we're going to get outside the box here and talk a little bit about uh, the Lincoln Stars. And not just the Lincoln Stars uh, on the ice performance. We're going to have great guests. I don't want to give too much away right off the bat, but we'll talk about the Stars' a previous weekend performance. We'll talk about, you know, ticket specials, what we're doing in the next upcoming weekends. But we have so much to talk about about the team a little bit later. Kind of want to introduce the listeners to us. And first off, for me, this is my third season here in Lincoln. Uh, I came from the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. That's going to upset a lot of uh, Nebraska listeners. But uh, you're never going to see me wearing red around Lincoln. But I've definitely become a little bit of a Cornhuskers fan because uh, they've supported us so much. And Rocky, why don't you give a little brief intro? This is your first year's season here in Lincoln. What did you first think about the Stars even before you took this job? Well, I've I've said it a number of times, but growing up as as a player and then as a young coach, the, uh, the Lincoln Stars were the mecca of junior hockey, right? They, they won Anderson Cups and Clark Cups. And, and if you w- were a player, you wanted to play here. If you were a coach, you wanted to coach here. And uh, obviously there's been ups and downs throughout the, the last few years here. But 25, now 26 years of Lincoln Star hockey, the opportunity when it presented itself to become the head coach was uh, an absolute no-brainer. My wife and I were really excited about uh, – coaching here and and more importantly living here in the Lincoln community and for us this isn't the first time me and you get to talk one-on-one with each other after every single game you can catch coaches comments presented by Southside Auto Tech after every single Lincoln Stars game home and away how have you liked that relationship I know it's an odd question to ask but you know we've had a lot of wins 10-3-1 to start the season but every single game you've been a constant professional answering all my questions the the wins make it easier right but uh obviously I I like the relationship as it's developed I've worked with a lot of broadcasters media directors over the 17 years that I've been coaching hockey and um I think you you've done a great job so far I I don't think you throw me softballs all the time which I think is good I'm always up for the the hard questions and I will be on this show too I want to be able to uh talk to the fans if they want to call in obviously they can uh they can reach out and and call us at 402-464-5685 uh, but uh, aside from that, we've done a great job of kind of expanding our, our coaches' comments. We went from up in the in the media booth down to the, the stage. We've got uh, now we're live on Facebook. We're throwing those uh, those video uh, comments up on social media afterwards. Our fans are able to watch them live. So I think the fans are enjoying it, and, and I personally know that I am as well. Well, thank you so much, Rocky. And let's first – Get it out of the way. It is a coach's show, so everybody wants to know about you. They've heard me the last three years. This is your first year here. You're from Youngstown, Ohio. The first question that I kind of want to dive into, because everybody, when they're younger, for me, I wanted to be a broadcaster ever since I was younger. I played three sports growing up in high school. My mom didn't want to take me to the 5 a.m. practices in to play hockey. My brothers got to play hockey, you know, 
It's a little vendetta that I have still to this day. Clearly, there's a little bit of... A little uh, bit. I'm just burning her on the first show. But for you, you started off as a player. So what was that first moment like for you that really set you apart? Like hockey, this is the type of road that I want to pursue. You know what? It's it's interesting because I, I was a multi-sport athlete growing up and, and kind of did everything. I I played football. Ironically, if you if you know me in person, it'll shock you to know that I played basketball. Uh, I I was a big baseball player. I was an all conference center fielder, and uh, and I played hockey growing up in a non hockey town. You know, Youngstown, Ohio was we didn't even have a rink in town until 1997. Fortunately, my my grandfather on on my mom's side was uh, was a hockey player growing up. My grandparents are from Nova Scotia, and uh, and so the hockey kind of came from there. I had a good friend growing up whose dad was was coaching us bright and early from the time I was about four and a half years old. And uh, I loved the game, but uh, when it came down to it, I, it was a difficult decision of do I want to be a baseball player or do I want to be a hockey player. Ironically, I had Division One baseball scholarships, and I, I didn't really have anything from a hockey standpoint. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about junior hockey coming from a non-junior hockey market. And, uh, and so I went on a couple visits for, for baseball, and I came home after one of the visits, and I said to my dad, I want to be a hockey player. And he kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? He, you, have, you have baseball scholarships, an opportunity to get your, your, your college paid for. And I just said, no, I, I want to be a hockey player. And so I went and I tried out for a North American League team. I actually made the team. Um, my dad didn't know I went, by the way. Uh, I scrounged up some money and paid for the fee myself, and I went and I came home and I told my dad I was going to not go to college right away. I was going to play junior hockey, and, and he kind of picked his head up and looked at me with a bit of an awkward look, and he said, I don't know what junior hockey is, but I can tell you you're going to college, and, and that's the end of this conversation. So from there, I went on to Kent State University, and that's 45 minutes down the road from Youngstown, Ohio, and, and lived with some of my, my buddies from high school and played on the ACHA club team and um, played four years there and, and graduated in 2005, and, and then it became time to make a decision. What are you going to do with your life after this? And, and my dad owned a um, fire extinguisher and kitchen suppression company. My family is all firemen. My grandfather, my uncle, my, my dad, my brother-in-law. And so my dad said, what are you doing? You coming home and take the fireman's test and, and take over the family business? And I had already kind of had a conversation with my coach at the time, Chris Wilk, who's actually ironically now uh, one of our scouts here in Lincoln. He was also... Uh, our GM, Nick Fabrizio's coach in, in college. So there's a unique connection to Nick and I there. But uh, I'd spoken to him about trying to coach, and, and he hooked me up with the Youngstown Phantoms. And uh, I was able to, to get a job there as one of the assistant coaches on the North American League team and, and helping to coach the rink and, or uh, run the rink and kind of do just a little bit of everything as I started my career. You're listening to episode 1, 11, 16, 21 of Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside Stars head coach Rocky Russo. And it's let's go back to the ACHA days because I have those ties broadcasting four years at the University of Illinois. We had a little bit of a crazy atmosphere, you know, with How big is that in. barn there? Like that ice surface Best is power play in the country because it's a speed skating rink and it's just unbelievable. You take one step off the half boards and you just have, you know, the amount of ice is ridiculous. We played there. I remember sitting. the The benches are underneath the, yep. the stands, right? So stands you almost feel like you're in a cave. They're oh, hanging awesome. over top of you. The ice is massive. They were really good when I was in college, and so 
the the story's always been they're going to go Division One, right? And I think that would be an awesome situation with the Big Ten now and hockey really growing at a in the, in the Big Ten at the college level. I think Illinois would be a no brainer. So, is there a favorite story from those ACHA days? One that you can share on air? Oh gosh, I don't know. We went we went to the national tournament my freshman year at uh, the University of Arizona, which was just an incredible experience. Um, we played we played Arizona in their building, 10,000-seat facility. They had about 9,000 fans. Um, you'd never believe that for, for an ACHA game, but the, the environment was one of the most electric ones I've ever been a part of as a player or a coach. And so that was an experience that I will certainly never forget. And then you move on to the North American Hockey League. Since 2005, you've been coaching for a very, very long time. And let's talk about the tenure now with the Amarillo Bulls, which is where you previously came from. You had so long of ties there. Was it hard for you when you took the job here in Lincoln to, you know, it's not a, hey, I'll never see you again to like when it comes to billets, when it comes to diehard fans, but clearly uh, you made an impact on that area. You know what? I, I went down there in 2010 and, and they had just purchased the team. It was uh the Albert Lee Thunder in, in Minnesota and, and the organization and the ownership moved it down to Amarillo. I was coaching in St. Louis with Jeff Brown, 13-year NHL player at the time, and uh, when they made that purchase and, and then St. Louis was having some financial issues and, and I got the job in Amarillo. I met, uh, I met Dennis Williams, the head coach there, for the first time on the side of the road. Uh, my dad dropped me off somewhere along the turnpike in Ohio for Dennis to pick me up to take us to our first trial camp. We had never met each other when, when he hired me. And, and so we built that thing from the ground up. We built the, the billet program, obviously rebuilt the fan base. They had a central hockey league team there before. So it was a serious challenge to present junior hockey to a, a market that was used to, to pro hockey. Um, had a lot of success, went to three national tournaments, set the record for most points in a single season with 99, back-to-back 46-7-7 and records, national championship in 2013, and then I left. And the first time I left, it didn't feel like a bye. Like, I just, I always knew that I, I wanted to be the head coach in Amarillo, and, and um, I had talked to the ownership group, and they kind of promised me that when Dennis left, I would get the job, and then actually Dennis left and I didn't get the job and they hired somebody else and then they fired that guy and I I didn't get the job again and uh, I was now sitting in Philadelphia for four years kind of wondering maybe I'm making a mistake trying to pursue this career uh, killing it in Philadelphia 750 800 winning percentage but going I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity maybe playing at the the, the ACHA level opting not to play division three hockey when I had the opportunity may have really hurt my, my chances to coach. And then, um, I got a call after the fourth year, it was June of 2017, actually on my dad's birthday, June 16th, that I accepted the job to be the, the head coach of, of the Amarillo Bulls and, and return for my second stint. And when we talk about pipelines, whether you're a player or a coach, do you see that there is some sort of stigma if you play at those levels? Because obviously the American Collegiate Hockey Association below the NCAA, but I mean, we both came from those programs and and we're trying to rise up the ranks here. You know what? I I believe that if you're good at what you do, you'll find your way. Your your path might be a little bit more winding than some of the guys that that play at a high level. And, you know, that's, that's everybody's... You know, it's everybody's destiny to do it a different way. And, you know, I was very fortunate when I finally did get that opportunity 
to uh, to have some success. We had a, a nice run there over the four years that I was there. Obviously, at that point, Mr. Fernandez and, and Bob Sweeney come in and purchase the Amarillo Bulls in my third year. Uh, I develop a relationship with uh, with Mr. Fernandez. He's an unbelievable owner, but more importantly, an incredible person. And he wants to give back to the community. He wants to support the players. He wants to support the youth hockey. And so I think he saw something in me, and, and uh, he didn't care that I didn't play. He didn't care that I didn't have the, the pedigree of pro hockey or Division One hockey. I think what he cared about was that I took care of the players. I took pride in, in serving the players. I took care of my family, and, and I was a, an active part of the community. And I think he knew that by giving me the opportunity here in Lincoln, that's what he would get from his head coaching position. And I'm hoping that I'm living up to those standards at this point. So then when uh, Alberto and the rest of the ownership group take shape and they announce that they are, in fact, purchasing the Lincoln Stars in the summer, was your phone just ringing off the hook with, you know, colleagues and stuff like that saying, oh, hey, this is this could be, you know, a lead in for you? Or what was that process like? Well, the the process was a lot longer in behind the scenes, obviously. And, and so, you know, leading back to was it difficult to leave Amarillo? Obviously, it was a challenge uh, mentally to, to leave a place that my wife and I had kind of become uh, a part of the community and and it was where our first daughter was born we bought our first home together there um you know we had some good ties to that community but the team was leaving and it was going to to Mason City Iowa there was an established coach there with Todd Sandin who does a great job and the new ownership group with the Amarillo Wranglers had had a little bit of a falling out with the previous ownership and and I was kind of tied to the previous ownership and so it wasn't a really good fit to stick around so that made leaving easier um you know Mr. Fernandez had had many conversations with me about this Lincoln purchase and and the opportunity to to potentially coach the team and and uh, he did put me through the the process of interviewing with with Nick and and flying out to meet with him and and uh I'd like to think I earned the job uh, through the interview process and and showing that I was the right person for it in, in a lot of different ways. But uh, you know, I'm I'm sure I had a leg up based on my prior relationship with him through my two years in Amarillo with him. Throughout that interview process, do you ever get nervous? Still, you've been doing this for a long time when it comes to head coaching vacancies and for you an opportunity to coach at the United States Hockey League level, no matter the connection that you had or not. You just said you earned it. You thought through that interview process, but what were you thinking? Were you really thinking like, this is my moment. Like I'm just going to go and take it. Like how is your mentality in those situations? You know what, as, as a, a coach that, that kind of really went through the ringer starting, I coached at, at the ACHA level while I was also coaching in Youngstown as an assistant coach, started the, started the program at Youngstown state. Uh, so I coached ACHA. I coached tier two as an assistant for three separate organizations. I coached tier three as a head coach. I went back and coached tier two as a head coach. And, uh, and now the opportunity to coach tier one as a head coach, I, I knew I could do it. I was confident in, in the ability to serve the players, build the culture, take care of the community, give back in every way that I could. It wasn't a, a matter of whether I felt I was capable of it. It was simply a matter of would somebody give me the opportunity. This is the premier junior hockey league in, in the world, quite frankly. And so there's 16 teams in this league. Getting an opportunity to be one of those 16 head coaches is like getting struck by lightning. So getting that chance was something that I had always hoped for. Um, 
was I optimistic that somebody would eventually see my my ability to do it? I was, but did I also realize that it might be difficult and I might have to take a different path? I did. So um, getting the opportunity, it was, okay, I got it. Let's go. I know I can do this. I'm going to be surrounded by a great ownership group that's going to give us the resources to succeed. I had an existing relationship with our GM and Nick Fabrizio, was able to bring on my assistant coach, George Lewis, who I obviously have an existing relationship with. We brought in Art Bry, who's got USHL experience as a player, Division One experience, pro experience. Our staff has really taken off as far as the way we've come together, and I think you witnessed that more than anybody with the behind-the-scenes stuff. And then we were fortunate to, uh, to have Billy Puglisi, who had, who had built a nice group. We brought some free agents in. We, we started full bore on building our culture from day one, and, and we've got a great group of young men who are really buying in. And before we fully get into how the stars have began 2021-22, let's take it. If someone's listening to this show outside the box for the first time, maybe not even knowing what the Lincoln Stars are and what division, you know, what tier of hockey they're playing. Rocky, I think you could take over. Your dad didn't even know what junior hockey was. So if someone's out there listening, can you fill them in on the entire process? Yeah, I think all, all the folks out there that are Nebraska Cornhusker fans, and there's a lot of them, uh, they're they're you know looking at the process of kids going from high school going right into college and and what junior hockey does is it provides a bit of a bridge for these players to develop mentally physically uh, emotionally in preparation for playing division one college hockey and and the average age of a division one college hockey freshman is about 19 and a half where all the other sports you're going directly in at 18 so Junior hockey provides a, a different avenue. I tell all of our players, your goal is still to be a student athlete at the NCAA level. This is just an alternate path to get there. And so our guys are able to uh, to come in and, and really focus on their development. They're, they get ice five days a week. Uh, in the morning, we practice. In the afternoon, we work out and do small area skill stuff. They're, they're in the gym every day. Uh, they're watching video. They're they're at study tables if they're in high school because we do have a number of high school players here, and so it's a it's a big time developmental opportunity. We obviously, if you look at our roster, we've got 21, 22 Division one college committed players. We've got one NHL draft pick in Joe Lemay, a fourth rounder to the Washington Capitals, and we've got probably four or five more that are on our roster that'll be drafted this spring. So it's a incredibly incredibly high level of hockey. Um, the players are not compensated for their time here, so they maintain their NCAA eligibility. They live with local families. They're called billet families, and our billet families get compensated directly from our team, and they bring the players in. They feed them and take care of them and, and uh, kind of make them a, a, a part of their family. And, and so I like to tell the, the billet families, I want, I want these guys to be full-fledged members of your family. I want them to do chores. I want them to be home for curfew. I want them to be sitting at the kitchen table for dinner. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a very unique situation, but it's, uh, it's something that I, I don't consider work. It's, it's the most fun thing I could ever possibly do. And uh, I love watching the process of the players develop the, the level of hockey is fantastic to watch. If you haven't been to a game at the Icebox yet, get out there. You will not regret it. The game is fast. It's physical. It's skilled. Uh, there's a ton of excitement. There's a, a ton of energy in the building. And, and uh, I think once you come once, you'll be coming back again. And it's one of those sports, the first thing I always hear 
you know, when I say to people, hey, you know, I work in hockey, I'm a sports broadcaster working in hockey, they go, oh, yeah, that's a sport you can fight in. And I believe that we're both in the same um, mindset that hockey and fighting, they belong together in an effort to police the game. In our league, there is an extra 10-minute misconduct attached to a five-minute major in the United States Hockey League. When you first heard about that, were you for or against it? I think I know your answer, but to fill in the listeners on what your opinion on hockey and fighting, how that goes together. Well, first of all, I don't know, with the exception of maybe lacrosse, there's not a lot of sports that the guys are carrying a stick while they're playing, So, um, and they're swinging that stick at times, whether it be at the puck or, or occasionally at the opponent. We like to limit that a little bit, but that's called a slash. It happens. But um, I was against the five or the 10-minute misconduct, obviously, because... Number one, I was coaching in Amarillo at the time when they put it in, and it was a giant detriment to sure. to our ability to draw a crowd. We were selling hockey in the South, and, and obviously the fighting was a part of that sell. Uh, but more importantly, as you alluded to, it's, it, it's a safety valve for the game. Um, when a player doesn't have to worry about having to answer the bell if they, if they hit somebody dirty or from behind or whatever, then, then they're willing to do it. And in this league... Everybody wears a half shield, which means their face is only partially covered. And so um, if you're going to play dirty, you're going to have to to kind of deal with those repercussions. But the fighting has gone down in a major way, which is what the objective was from USA Hockey when they put that 10-minute misconduct in. But it's also it's also still there when it needs to be. And I think the players understand when it's time to police the game on their own and, and when before it might have just been fighting for the sake of the crowd. Now the fighting, I think, is maybe more genuine from a policing standpoint and, and to protect our teammates. And it's always easier when, you know, the focus is not on the guys wearing stripes. You know, obviously it's a completely difficult job to do. Making oh, gosh, calls yes. and split-second decisions. It's easier for us, whether it's you on the bench or me up in the booth, being able to, you know, have opinions on it. But for you, when you're able to see a call like that what is the conversation like with officials when a play isn't called when you know you have a different viewpoint because you're able to communicate with the officials in real time sometimes right after the play happens yeah I think that you know over the the course of time you I've realized how you can communicate with the officials to to make them see your point of view and your perspective and it is such a fast game you alluded to that it's it's a challenging job to be a, a referee or a linesman for that matter at, at this level and beyond and so they're going to miss calls what I what I can't stand is when they tell me that I'm wrong when I know that I'm not uh, I'd much prefer them say hey I missed that I didn't see that I got it wrong whatever that's the quickest way to shut me up is to to just be honest and I've had them say no you are wrong I saw that I had a great view of it that's what I saw and I will go back and watch that video during intermission and and I will I will be happy to come back out and say you know what I looked at it and you were right I think I earned some brownie points that way you catch more bees with honey so to speak but um, there's also an element of of affecting the game and potentially drawing that next call for your team being able to kind of put some pressure on the referee when he does make a mistake talking Lincoln Stars hockey with Stars head coach Rocky Russo on outside the box was there ever a moment in your coaching career where you lost it on the officials and ha- and maybe a learning <laughs> moment for you is there one story one call that just, just sticks out well we're gonna go with just one the one that stands out the most oh yeah there's a lot of them there's a lot of them come on you can't it's leave been these a, listeners it's been a couple years uh my wife will tell you, uh, I jumped on the ice one time. Oh, you're kidding. I, I was so angry at uh, 
our best player a few years back um, got got sucker punched, and I was I was very upset. He actually set the record for for most goals in a single season in Amarillo. He scored sixty goals in sixty games. Not bad. Um, but I was so upset that he got sucker punched, and I went to the referee, and he was ignoring me. I stood up on the dasher, um, and I jumped off the dasher onto the onto the ice, and so. Um, I also had a red jacket on that night, which you will see in the ice box at some time this year. I love that red jacket. I wear it from time to time. It's actually salmon, I guess, but, um, but it was like, go ahead and throw the, the throw chair. the target on you. You've got the, you've already got the, the spotlight and now you've got the red jacket on, on top of it. And so I jumped onto the ice and I, I could hear George behind me say to our other assistant, okay, he's gone. I'll take the forge. You take the tea. So George already knew I was gone before I even got thrown out of the game, but that was certainly me losing my my cool and and I've not done that in a number of years. I can't tell you the last time I got thrown out of a game, but uh, I do bring a lot of emotion to the bench. In fact, maybe not enough for the Stars fans. They've asked me a couple times when I'm really going to let it go, and and I haven't to this point. But I'm sure at some point you'll see it. You'll see a vein pop out of the the right side of my uh, right side of my my forehead when I do get really angry. I thought you were going to say you were going to be like Bobby Knight wearing a salmon colored. I thought you were going to go and grab a chair off the bench and, and throw it onto the ice. That was going to be the extreme. But you actually hopped onto the ice. I was on How the far ice. did you get? Uh, well, I mean, I don't have very long legs, but I just popped off the, the dasher. That's about a four-foot drop, right? And, and, uh, and I stood there, and immediately as soon as my feet touched the ice, I'm like, well, that wasn't a very good idea. And so uh, off I went. I made sure and go the far way all the way across the ice uh, to the Zamdor. The fans started going. They were pretty excited. They actually started playing the Rocky theme song. The whole building started chanting Rocky. Um, so it actually got our, fa- our our team really going, and we scored four in the third, and we won like eight to three. So I guess it was worth it from that standpoint. And then I had to sit up in the stands next game, but it is what it is. Only one game for Just that? Just one. Just one. That's the North American Hockey League for you. Do that nowadays, you can get like 10 or something. Yeah, well, you won't find out from me, but maybe if somebody else does it, we'll see. All right, he's Rocky Russo. I'm uh, play-by-play voice Cristiano Simonetta. You're listening to Outside the Box. We'll be back in a little bit. Back to the Ticket Weeknights. Here are your hosts, Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo. And today's show is brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Rick Michener. When it comes to insurance, all you need to remember is Rick Michener. He's your local Farm Bureau financial services agent and could be your one agent for life, auto, home, farm and ranch, and business insurance Rick Michener in Lincoln. It's your future. Let's protect it. Back with episode one of Outside the Box. And Rocky, we got a couple guests. Segment number two, kicking it right off. Before we get to the guests, those guys can wait. Like, I feel like I'm I'm watching, like, Mike and Mike in the morning or something on ESPN. Like, you are just smooth at this, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Look, when you want to do it for so long, I've wanted to be a broadcaster since I was two years old. I think it's a little bit of the ego. I wanted the attention when I was younger while everybody's watching sports. Like, me, me, me. I'm going to talk over everybody. I kind of want to do this for a while. So, Well, you're good at it. So we brought a couple special guys into the studio today. We've got Lincoln Stars captain Dalton Norris and 
defenseman Antonio Fernandez joining us tonight. Two big guys over the last weekend series. We'll talk about that in a bit. But first of all, Dalton, Antonio, welcome to 93.7 The Ticket. How are you guys doing? Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. One of you guys is the USHL defenseman of the week. The other one just scored two goals in two games. So not the worst guess to bring on for episode one. I think I made a good choice with the first two. <laughs> so guys, uh, for you, Daltz, you've been here for three years. Antonio, this is your first year. I want this first question to be a softball. Antonio, how about you? Because you're the newest one here out of the group. When you first stepped foot in Lincoln, Nebraska, what was the first impression? Yeah, so I've actually been – like the first thing that came to my mind was kind of like what's the weather going to be like because being from California, I'm in the sun, I'm doing all those activities outside, like surfing and all that. But, you know, it, it really wasn't that bad at first, and now it's getting colder though, so. <laughs> so no surfing? So like there's, no, there's no, definitely no surfing out here. So Did you bring the board at least? No board. I brought my skateboard because I – Wanted to keep my peak still, still there. Still he was riding that skateboard down the ramp in Amarillo. Yeah, last in Amarillo, year, that's what I do, and now it's just—it's all hockey all the time for Antonio right now. Yeah, right now it's hockey. And Daltz, for you being drafted in 2019, this is your third season, first year wearing the C. Yeah. Same question for you: When you first step foot, is it all Nebraska Cornhuskers? You're a Michigan guy. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, coming in, I didn't know a ton about Nebraska. Um, obviously, I grew up in Michigan, kind of played hockey there throughout my whole life stuff like that so um i knew the weather was similar to michigan so i wasn't too worried about that um you know when i came in it was all nebraska all the time so i uh, kind of got used to that and then obviously once you get into the icebox uh stars fans kind of speak for themselves so um you know my three years here has been unbelievable and um you know it's the best fans in ushl and uh, lincoln's been my second home so i uh, couldn't really have it any other way Dalt, obviously you've been here now for three years and and Antonio's just kind of getting his first taste of first taste of the Lincoln Stars but not his first experience with me he he <laughs> spent uh, a cup of coffee about 20 games with George and I in, in Amarillo last year but you know you've been through some some ups and some downs the COVID shortened season of two years ago tell me what is has made this season different and, and special to this point well, I mean, for starters, it's, um, you know, obviously it helps when you're winning. Um, you know, we're doing really well right now. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're tops, you know, the Western Conference and stuff like that. Um, I've been through a lot of adversity. Uh, my first year wasn't necessarily the easiest. Um, you know, I was an 18-year-old kid coming out of youth hockey, and it's a big adjustment coming into this league. So, um, you know, this year has been awesome. Uh, we have a really good group of guys. Obviously, we have a really good staff and stuff like that, too, so. Um, it's been great. Um, like I said, I, I really wouldn't want it any other way, and, and it's been phenomenal for especially this year. And he had a weird tenure. You know, the first game before the pandemic, the last game, I should say, he scored his first ever USHL yeah, goal. Geez. So he had all that momentum. Uh -huh. He just came back in Green Bay and won a game after being down 4 nothing after the first period, and then he's got to go through a shortened season. Did I hear right that you scored your first goal in the icebox last week? Yeah. First two. <laughs> first two in the icebox. I hadn't scored three years, which, you yeah, know, that's don't want to hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to tell too many people. Tony, that, Tony beat you to it, <laughs> didn't he? There yeah. was a lot of guys who beat you to it. Was <laughs> just score earlier in the game, so I guess I did beat you to it. Yeah, you did. There's a lot of guys who did too. There's plenty long list in front of me. So. Tony, you you obviously are not a junior hockey rookie. You like I said, you uh, you spent about 20 games with us last year, but you know you split your season with uh, the Chicago Mission and and finishing your high school out there and at Lake Forest Academy and then and then joining us for the playoff run tell me tell me what the experience so far as far as playing in the USHL has been all about 
yeah so definitely it's it's been an awesome experience it's the most skilled fast hockey i've played in and i think i'm fitting in and it's been it's been great so far so just just trying to keep it rolling kind of so you are from san jose the san jose area anyway yeah. right yeah. You, where did you play your youth hockey growing up uh i grew up in in castro valley which is a town kind of like 40 minutes north of uh san jose and there was the local rink there was in dublin and i played my mites and squirts in a in a for the tri-valley blue devils and then uh as i grew up i moved to triple a and i played trip my triple a and for the san jose junior sharks in san jose and i became a huge sharks fan and and the hockey was kind of big at the in the San Jose area, and then, and then I moved to Chicago my sophomore year of high school, uh, to play prep school in Lake Forest Academy, and then um, the following year I played for Team Illinois, still while going to Lake Forest uh, Academy, and then, the last year I played for the Mission, and as you said, split the season in Amarillo. Dalts, tell us a little bit about your your background. I know you had a coach that was pretty near and dear to your heart growing up i'm sure that was interesting yeah no uh papa norris he was uh Dwayne, he uh he coached me until i was uh until i was 15 so he was my head coach i think for five or six years um actually grew up in germany so i was born in germany born and raised um until i was nine years old and then um me and my family moved back um and then from from nine until 18 played for oakland junior grizzlies in troy michigan and um you know, it's history ever since. You've got a couple brothers, right? I do, yeah. I have a middle brother, Josh. He's 22. And then an older brother, Cole. He's 24. And those guys play? They do, yeah. Uh, my uh, my oldest brother is uh, fifth year at Bowling Green. And then uh, my middle brother, Josh, plays for the Ottawa Senators. Oh, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> but for you, the first time you got drafted yeah. in the USHL wasn't by Lincoln. It no. was by Tri-Cities. No, yeah. So it was, what was uh, that like? That was, I mean, it was a good experience. I went to camp. Um you know, they had some really good feedback. Um, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good camp. Um, I was put on the affiliate list for a couple of months, and then obviously it didn't end up working out there. And, and following that year, I ended up getting drafted by Lincoln and picked up in phase two. So obviously um, comes full circle, and it worked out really well. And I've been here for three years now, and this is kind of my second home. So honestly, wouldn't really want it any other way. So I, obviously you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Antonio, but – I, I kind of, when I talk to colleges about you, I kind of call you a rink rat. And yeah. I mean that in, in the best possible way. You love the game. I got to yeah. kind of drag you off the ice at times. But <laughs> um, tell me what you like to do away from the rink when, when you're not playing hockey, whether it be now or in the summer. Yeah, that's a good question because I'm kind of rarely off the ice. And when I'm at the rink, I'm doing the Zamboni, working, working around, helping the little kids. But yeah, when I'm off, I'm kind of just hanging with friends and definitely going to the beach and surfing that's kind of the main hobby when i'm not playing hockey anymore. i've seen some pictures of you surfing i i think you're doing more than just casually surfing i think you're pretty good at it yeah no uh yeah no two of my uh like best buddies on amarillo harrison scott and max scott shout out to them um we go out all the time we go on the ice and then we we travel like an hour to the beach to go surfing and yeah, we, we take it to the next level. We're, we're, we're pretty competitive with it. And when you're back in Michigan during the summers, what's one thing that you know you wish you could do if you weren't playing junior hockey in Lincoln? Um, honestly, I couldn't really picture myself not playing junior. So, um, you know, me and my, three, my two brothers, we're always gone, obviously, in the winter throughout the year. We don't really get any family time when it comes to during hockey season. So, um, you know, normally when we're all home, we just like to go out and golf, try to get away from hockey a little bit, try to think talk about other stuff. So, 
Um, that's probably the best family time that I've had since, you know, obviously in the summers I get to go home and, and hang out with them and see them. And um, it's a long year, so it's good to decompress and, and do some stuff with family too. Speaking of, of golf, I think that golf is a sport that hockey players are, are usually pretty good at, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I know we've had some guys out playing golf. I know Corey Courtney, our athletic <laughs> trainer and equipment manager, that guy pretty much lives on the golf course if he's not at the at the rink. Yeah. but. Where does your golf game, Daltz, compare to some of the guys on the team? Um, I mean, it's not at the top of the list. I, I, I'm a decent player on a good day. Um, I'm a bad player on a bad day, just like anyone else. You I think, played but fine when we played together. Yeah, I was, I was fine, yeah. yeah. Um, Henry Nelson, state champion in Minnesota, so he's he's elite. He's the ringer? Yeah, he's the ringer. And um, there's another guy in there that yeah. hates to lose to Henry. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, that's Aiden Thompson. He's uh, He'll tell you he's the best. I, I personally haven't seen him play a full round yet, so I can't say. But Is that because he threw his clubs in the <laughs> in the, the, the uh, forest and walked away? Yeah, he probably did. He got frustrated and threw him, threw him in the woods for sure. Tony, are you a golfer? No, I'm terrible. <laughs> I, uh, well, actually, it's funny you, you say that because I kind of like picked it up this summer and started playing with uh, my friends and family and – yeah, I just haven't really gotten better. But, you know, it's all about just being out there, I guess. Yeah. Well, Any day on the golf course is better than the alternative in yeah, my mind. 100%. That's true. 100%. We're with Stars Captain Dalton Norris and Stars Defenseman Antonio Fernandez. Guys, we've talked about, you know, golf. But now let's talk about the sport that you guys excel at and what you've been excelling at tremendously this season is hockey with the Lincoln Stars 10-3-1 to start the year. Rocky had already asked Daltz about why this year kind of stands out from the other two. But for Antonio... This must be like a dream come true for you, stepping right into the USHL. You've scored two goals in your last two games. Well, let's go back to that first goal on October 30th in Sioux City. What was going through your mind when you saw the puck at the back of the net? Oh, I kind of have that goal to thank to Lucas Wallen, who kind of did all the dirty work in the corner and got the puck right to me in the middle of the net. So He does that frequently. Yeah, he, he does. does very often. And he gave it right to me, and I'm like, all right, I'm right there <laughs> against the goalie. I know I'm going to snipe him, so <laughs> I just shot it. <laughs> That's that's easy. Yeah. Just one, two, and three, and that's yeah. it. And now you've got two in your last two. So is the, is the hot stick, do you have any superstitions when um, things maybe aren't going so well? No, in all seriousness, I've kind of just been not really focusing on the results and kind of just playing my game and doing the little things that will kind of like, like help the team and me. So. And what's been the icebox, like that atmosphere that we're trying to get all of our listeners to come out Friday and Saturday, two big home games, Friday night, $2 night against Fargo, Saturday night against those guys in orange from Omaha. But for you so far, Antonio, the atmosphere at the icebox, what stood out? Yeah, it's kind of definitely been different than my previous years, like playing AAA and in Amarillo. It's it's a lot louder than any of those places, and the fans get into it. It's It's kind of nuts, like. I, I, I kind of turn around sometimes and during the game and I I see Rocky and he's having a headache. and <laughs> I've had to take ibuprofen in all but one of our home games because my head is pounding from the noise. <laughs> yeah, so that's always funny to see. and it's just But it's great for, for the players and it, it keeps us in the game, so it's good. Is there one moment from your tenure so far? Maybe you saw some fans in the stands, maybe a beer tower, but for you, were you just like, are you kidding? Is this actual real life right um, now? How well, could it be anything else but last I was, Friday? I was going to say Friday, but if we're going to – I mean, we've talked about Friday a lot. So if we're not going to – last year um, when the beer can got thrown on the ice against yeah. Omaha and then um, I don't know who's it. Dobes, I think, was the goalie Yaki at the time. Dobes. Yaki Dobes. Yes. Dobes turned, around, against him. turned around and threw the net off the, the hinges and, and just – we had a blatant breakaway and just threw the net off because there was a beer on the ice. But that was probably the craziest fan moment. But by far the craziest game was last Friday. I've – 
I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So, so Daltz, obviously, you've been in the league for three years. You, you just mentioned Omaha. We play them for the first time this Saturday. Everybody keeps telling me this is the craziest rivalry and everything else. And not that I, I'm not looking forward to it, but yeah. every game is is important to me. I want to win them all, and so yeah. I don't value one game over the other. But tell me about this Omaha Lincoln rivalry. Well. Honestly, when I first came here my first year, that was the first thing I heard was how big of a rivalry it is, Omaha and Lincoln, um, whether it be fights, whether it be how tight the games are, whether it be how physical it is, or the fans. Honestly, it's every game obviously is very important, and every game there's there's a certain energy to it, but when you play Omaha, it's just there's a whole other energy in the building. Just Our fans just can't stand the orange. I'm sure their fans think the same way about us, so... Um, there's really just a different vibe when you step in the building and play them. And obviously every game's important, but uh, obviously playing or- the team in orange is a little bit different. And we already have preface Friday, but I think we just have to go through that entire experience from the POVs of you three for me in the broadcast booth. I mean, watching you guys on Friday night down four to two under 30 seconds ago, I don't think I was the only one when it's just like, okay, this is a disappointing ending. You had a couple of points in the third period, a two one lead, but now let's take it from Rocky's perspective. When Joe LeMay scores that, four three goal first of all i'm just gutted because (laughs) we you know we talked to the guys about hey we're gonna pull the goalie at some point thompson's coming out of the box the two guys that were on the ice were supposed to get off so we could get the power play unit on gleb was going on for the extra attacker right the power play is expiring we have a chance to get it deep and we ding it off the linesman's chin and and poor Caden is on his way to the to the bench, and uh, and it ends up in the back of our net. And and yeah, I mean anybody with common sense thinks it's over. So uh, obviously it was one of those things that was incredible. We can probably maybe touch on that a little bit when we come back from the break here. Back to the ticket weeknights. Here are your hosts, Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back outside the box. I'm Cristiano Cernetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo, Stars captain Dalton Norris, Stars defenseman Antonio Fernandez. Just before we went to break, Rocky, we were talking about that excellent and just unbelievable 5-4 comeback victory on Friday. Dalton Norris was the guy who scored the tying goal in the third period. So, Dalton, one really quick thing about that. I know we could talk about it forever, but when you scored that goal, you know, you had scored previously in the third period, but that's got to be the biggest goal of your career so far. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, honestly, I completely blacked out when I scored. Um, I turned around and Gleb's jumping in my face. So it was, uh, it was honestly probably the best moment I've had in my three years here. You know, there's there's Alex Ovechkin and there's Dalton Norris, and the, and they both just live in that office there in the back. And DP's a big. He's a big Washington Capitals fan. He just walked in, but I'm kidding, Dolph. You're not out. <laughs> I was going to say. But, but Dolph has done a great job from that spot. That's a huge goal for us. And so my first my first thought is I look up and the clock is still ticking another second and a half off. So I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the uh, the, the clock to get readjusted. Um, and then I'm trying to get the guys over to set the face off up. We ended up calling timeout. We get that face off set up. We win the draw. We get the entry we want. We win a we win a battle, 
And then uh, and then we get that pass over, and, and he's able to bury it. It was unbelievable. And then Henry Nelson scores in overtime. So, Antonio, your team's just come back from an improbable deficit. And then to score the overtime winner, Henry Nelson, another defenseman, providing a big goal. Yeah, no, for sure. Our players just came up clutch when we needed them to. And like you said, Daltz is one-timer. It's like – like none other than that. I'm not, like, it's nuts. Ovechkin. It is kaboom. O- it is, yeah, we've kind of labeled him there as a nickname that. to Kaboom. All right, guys, we've talked a lot about the Lincoln Stars hockey team on the ice. Now let's figure out what uh, you guys think of some Nebraska topics. This is thumbs up and thumbs down. First off, a softball for both of you. And Rocky, you could chime in as well. A Nebraska football atmosphere at Memorial Stadium. Thumbs up, thumbs down, and why? Rocky, let's start with you. Well, first of all, I went to my first Cornhusker game last Saturday or two Saturdays ago but... against the, uh, the Buckeyes. Unbelievable thumbs up. Yes. Like the from the tailgate lot, I actually tailgated with some friends behind Breslow Ice Rink. The walk over to the, to the, the stadium, the fans, it was just an incredible experience. 85,000 fans, they had... The F-16s flying over before the game. Talk about a, a great situation. But you were wearing the wrong colors, though. That's what I was trying to get at, as our, <laughs> as our listeners heard last week. Yeah, I'm a Buckeye fan, and I'm <laughs> proud of it. And and I will cheer for the Cornhuskers for every game every year, except for when they play the Buckeyes. That's that's just not going to change. <laughs> a Buckeye and a Lion-Eye fan hosting this show. We'll see how long we last. Daltz, what about you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Major thumbs up. Uh, I actually haven't personally been inside the stadium yet for a game, um, believe it or not, in three years here, but... Like, I've been down there for some of the tailgates, and, and downtown is nuts. It's crazy. It's all a sea of red, so big thumbs up. Antonio, what about you? Yeah, for sure, thumbs up. I went to one game, and it was this year, and it was against Northwestern, I think, and they smoked them. And we ended up sitting right next to the student section, so it was just an unreal atmosphere. And just, I'd definitely go, go again. All right, Runza, Rocky, thumbs up, thumbs down. Ethan, our producer's already just adamant with a thumbs down. What do you think? Get out of here, Ethan. That's a big thumbs up for Runza. <laughs> I, so I had one. George told me to go. I didn't even know what Runza was, quite honestly. I, I saw all these places around town, and I, I didn't know if it was a bank, if it was a, if it was a restaurant. So George went, told me it was awesome. I went. I loved it. I got some Runzas for my uncles and my cousin when we were at the football game last week. So... Big thumbs up for Runza. Daltz, what about you? Can I do thumbs middle? I've never, oh, never, I've never been to Runza. We gotta, like, you've been here three years, man. we got to get you doing some of the local stuff. What have here. you heard about it at least? I've heard, just like Coach said, I've heard really good stuff about it. I mean, there's the occasional one that people say it's not great, um, obviously. but uh, I'm getting post-game I've, meal runs. <laughs> but I'll give it a thumbs middle until I try it. And I think Tony has the same answer, right? Yeah, I've never been. But I do know they have the best ranch, supposedly. If that's what it says on one of the windows near my house. So. <laughs> All right. Going off ads. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to. Yeah. They're at the icebox. They're all over Nebraska. Red hot dogs. Uh, I'm going to have to go thumbs down the middle because I've not had a red hot dog yet, but I love hot dogs. And so DP's given us a big thumbs down. Oh, man, down. that's, a, that's so Simon Cowell-esque over there. That DP. It is. That's not good. But I can you make sure I get a, a red hot dog on Friday? Yeah, like, during the game, you've seen the hot dog can. It's going to be shot right at the bench <laughs> at 99 miles an hour. So just I, was a, I was an outfielder. I'll catch that thing. <laughs> just t- toss me some, some mustard. I'm good to go. We got the cannon that will shoot from the ice like 
unbelievable. Yeah, Dolce, it's got you've some pace seen to it. it. Yeah, it, it yeah you want to have your head on a swivel. Yeah, okay, do. what about you? Red I, hot dog. I mean, I have thumbs up to hot dogs, thumbs down to the red because uh, it. We had a couple. I think we had a tailgate. Uh, was it a month or two ago? And everyone was super confused about the red hot dog, and it kind of threw me off. But big hot dog fan. So yeah, same here. I I love hot dogs and the red hot dogs i've had them and they taste fine so i I'm, i can't well you've I'm lived in picky. chicago a little bit yeah. so are you a do you like everything on your hot dog tomatoes celery salt all that stuff uh i yeah i like to do the mustard grilled onions and some sport peppers and i wow yeah the classic chicago dog is the way to go yeah yes. like, but no ketchup though i hate no stuff. not on a chicago but dog people, like, hey look I like ketchup on my dogs, but sure. if I'm getting a Chicago dog, <laughs> oh, no. then then no. So, <laughs> but can somebody tell me like, why is the hot dog red? Like, is that just because it's Nebraska? Yeah, that's why. Ethan, I was Ethan, off. if you want to chime in, our producer, if you look, you don't have a microphone, but you've given up that. Well, thumbs up, thumbs down. How about that? Thumbs up. Okay. For Ethan, hot dogs, Ethan says the red hot dogs are the way to go. We're gonna so. have a segment moving right. forward. Ethan's hot. We're gonna dog have red hot dogs and- here next time, <laughs> and we're all gonna taste them. <laughs> all right. Well, Rocky, anything for you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, any concept of Nebraska so far? We still got some time left. Well, I I came from uh, Northeast Ohio growing up, and and then I lived for seven years in Amarillo, Texas, and so. Uh, Daltz probably has lots of trees. I don't know about the trees in, in uh, California, but thumbs up, thumbs down to the actual four seasons, the changing leaves, being able to see that fall weather here in Amarillo or in uh, Lincoln. Major thumbs up for me. That's my favorite part is seeing the leaves change. I think it's uh, it's good, especially when fall comes in too. I have a big thumbs up to that. Yeah, thumbs up too because, as he said, the leaves are cool when they fall. And it's Do you have a lot of – like yeah. trees and all that stuff. Yeah, in California, there there are trees when they're not burned down. There might be like <laughs> one tree in the entire city of Amarillo. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was about three and a half feet tall. So I'm super excited to to see the the fall weather here. I'm also super excited to be a part of the Lincoln Stars to have our fans coming into the building. We've got two big games. This weekend, we play the Fargo Force on Friday night. We play the Omaha Lancers on Saturday night. I'm going to let Cristiano tell you where to get your tickets, but do not miss out. Princess Night on Saturday is going to be exciting. So, Cristiano, let all our fans and listeners know where they can get those tickets. Well, Rocky's not going to be wearing a dress on the bench on Saturday, but I wore my cowboy boots last week. You did. You did. It was an awesome night, country night last week. Two big games at the Icebox, LincolnStars.com. Go ahead, get your tickets. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. This was Outside the Box.